Good morning. This is John Richardson speaking with you from Toronto, Canada. Today is Tuesday, August the 15th, 2023. And I continue my series of podcasts with U.S. tax lawyer Virginia Latour Jeeker, who provides no end of great topics through her weekly blog. And my God, this week has been no exception because... As listeners will know, the Supreme Court recently handed down its decision in the Bittner case, which ruled that in the case of non-willful FBAR penalties, the IRS is restricted to imposing a $10,000 penalty based on the failure to file the form, regardless of the number of accounts. And this was a seismic decision. It was a decision that was great for Mr. Bittner, perhaps not so great for a lot of other people, for reasons that include the expectation that, my God, the IRS might just do a reset based on that decision. And Virginia, as always, is on top of this. And this was the topic of her blog post last week. So we are in for a great discussion today. How are you today, Virginia? Hi, John. I'm doing well. And I hope you are too. Despite this um, tougher decision we have coming down from the IRS post-Bittner. Well, that's interesting. Yes. Uh, I think, you know, within hours of the decision coming down, there was all this, oh my God, how will the IRS respond? You know, this sort of thing. And I think, you know, we talked about it at the time, as I recall. And my memory is that, you know, one of the things that we thought was they might be more prone to try to assess willful penalties. Uh, Too early to tell. Uh, That might might be true, but certainly too early to tell. Uh, But, uh, you know, they have a a handbook, right? A penalty handbook uh, for FBARs. And it appears that uh, they have begun what I would call a reset in how they view their uh, their allocation of penalties. Would you agree with that? Oh, yes. It's a definite reset, John. And I would add that it came pretty swiftly after Bittner, within a few months. So, you know, this was something they obviously were not terribly pleased with in the Bittner decision and, and had to reset their way of thinking on how to collect FBAR penalties. All right, so let's go right back to very, very, very first principles. So the FBAR penalty, according to the Bittner, okay, so even going back a little further, could you give us the Super Reader's Digest version of, you know, what this FBAR thing is about and what people are required to do? Oh my, I think people have heard it all before, but just a super duper Reader's Digest version. For any U.S. taxpayer, that would include green card holders who has um, foreign financial accounts, which can be numerous things aside from bank accounts and stock brokerage accounts. It can include things like foreign pension plans, life insurance policies with a cash surrender value, Um, mutual funds, foreign mutual funds, and so forth. Anyone who has these kinds of foreign financial accounts with an aggregate balance, the highest aggregate balance during the calendar year, if it exceeds $10,000, 
then the person is required to list each and every foreign financial account on the FBAR form, which is form 114. Um, so I think that that gives you the bird's eye view. When people have not filed properly, the IRS in the past, before the Bittner decision, was saying, well, you have violated the Bank Secrecy Act statute, which requires this um, reporting of foreign financial accounts, and every violation can be assessed a $10,000 penalty if the violation was non-willful. The IRS in the past was treating any unreported account that was required on the FBAR to be listed as as a non-willful violation. So if you had six accounts that should have been listed on your FBAR for a particular calendar year, and you non-willfully didn't file that FBAR, you would be hit with a $60,000 penalty because the 10,000 would be multiplied by the number of accounts that were not listed. The Bittner decision, which came in April, I believe, of 2023, basically cut back and said, look, no, 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 the interpretation of that violation provision means that it's the failure to file an annual FBAR, regardless of how many foreign accounts were not reported. So that would result in a single $10,000 penalty for a particular calendar year, assuming it was a non-willful violation, rather than separate $10,000 violations for each account that was not properly reported on the FBAR. All right. Now, we fast forward to July, and the IRS issued its special guidance memorandum to update its little handbook on FBAR examination procedures. Now, if people do look into this and, and start Googling to find the Internal Revenue Manual and FBAR, the guidance has not yet been incorporated into the manual but it will be within the next two years, but it is effective as of July the 6th, 2023. So people really need to go to that guidance memorandum and not look at the IRM, the Internal Revenue Manual. Okay. How are people supposed to know that, by the way? <laughs> well, that's another question. Um, I guess if they're tax gurus and nerds, they will know it from reading my tax blog and maybe other things online. Um, but otherwise, I don't know how they're supposed to know. But I would John, that doesn't IRS surprise me. Data. There's so much in the law that the average person has no clue about. And even many tax professionals are unaware of that. You know, the IRS doesn't consider that their issue, the taxpayer's problem. Well, maybe when people fly into the United States, the, the, uh, the flight crew should be required to make an announcement uh, please note that the new FBAR mitigation provisions are not included in the current version of the manual. Would you think? That would be a good idea because we have a lot of people who are coming to the States from foreign countries and they're getting green cards or they will trigger the substantial presence test because of their extended stays in America. And so frequently, unbeknownst to them, they have the duty to file an FBAR reporting all of their accounts back home in the home country and whatever else they may have that's non-US that, that qualifies as a foreign financial account. So yeah, I think this um, 
<laughs> announcement on the airplane would be a grand idea, but I don't think it will happen. Oh, that, that, that's too bad. That's too bad. Okay, so let's talk about what exactly this new guidance says and what we think is different and, you know, where this might go. So let me, I'll start off with a very simple question. Um, do you see this new guidance as, as good news and taxpayer friendly? I don't think it's the best news. I think that I think that the IRS is looking for ways now to kind of maximize its ability to collect FBAR penalties in light of the Supreme Court decision in Bittner versus the United States. They are reminding examiners that the Bittner decision has changed the interpretation of violation as used in the Bank Secrecy Act. So they're telling the examiners that it should be read to mean a failure to file an FBAR report. That's what the violation is. Okay, or to put it another way, what they're saying to their examiners, hey, the days of, of uh, issuing a separate penalty for each account are over. over. All right. Those days are over. That's right. All right. So okay. that's the first thing that they're telling them. But then they go on and tell them that the mitigation provisions that were in the Internal Revenue Manual for non-willful FBAR violations will no longer be considered in calculating penalties and that they are deleting the entire penalty mitigation chart from the FBAR examination procedures. And, and that chart was actually, you know, was helpful for taxpayers to be able to, to see that chart and know that their penalties could be mitigated depending on the total amounts that were in their foreign financial accounts. And so, I mean, as I read those, uh, those provisions, in my simple-minded way, I mean, I would sort of characterize them as, well, the more you have, the more we'll take. The less you have, the less you'll take. Was, that's correct. That's accurate? That's absolutely correct. That's absolutely correct. So, for example, if the maximum aggregate balance for all accounts, okay, to which the violations related per year, all right, if all of the accounts, the maximum aggregate balance of those did not exceed $50,000 at any time during the year, then it would only be $500 per non-willful violation. Now, remember that meant per account and the total penalties cannot exceed $5,000 per year. So we're looking at someone that for a calendar year does not have anything over $50,000 as the the highest balance in his account, that's not, you know, a terribly rich person. They're saying for him, the total non-willful penalties won't exceed 5,000 per year. Now you jump down in the chart to see the maximum aggregate balance for all accounts. If it exceeds $250,000, then we say the statutory maximum, which was $10,000 per non-willful violation will apply. So that guy, because he has over 250,000 
as the uh, total aggregate balance, he's going to be hit with the $10,000 per account per calendar year penalty under the old mitigation guidelines. And yes, clearly, they're saying, if you have more money, we're going to hit you with the maximum we can. So this and sort of reminds way, me a little bit of sort of a Marxist view of the world. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about According that. to his abilities to each according to his needs. It's sort of yeah. the idea of equality. We're, we're going to inflict pain equally, recognizing that the more you have, the more we have to take. Well, let me just say that accounts, foreign accounts exceeding $250,000 a year is, is not an, an extremely big amount, okay? And people can get a mortgage and that money's not theirs, but it's sitting in their account for a day, five minutes, three days, whatever. That amount is going to bring them easily up to this... Uh, Exceeding two hundred and fifty thousand. That's right. You think it's a good idea to be a U.S. citizen these days? It certainly sounds risky to me. Well, it is risky, and especially if you're living abroad, as we have spoken about on numerous occasions, uh, the law does not really give you an easy time of things. The tax law. No, it doesn't. Okay, so so they're getting rid of so the the Great Reset. It's sort of like because of Bittner. You know, Bittner got the attention of the IRS, and what we think is going on here is a great reset in the area of non-wolfful penalties. So the first thing they're doing is saying, no more mitigation provisions, okay? Or that What that means is we're going to let the individual examiner issue, use his or her discretion. Would that be right? That's right. That's exactly what they're saying. Okay. What else, what else are they doing here? Well, they are reminding the examiner that not only the failure to report can trigger FBAR penalties, but the failure to maintain proper records with regard to the foreign financial accounts can also trigger FBAR penalties. And in my experience, I have not seen that penalty portion being applied, failure to maintain the records. So this could be a way of reminding examiners that they can actually get more money in violations than maybe they had been thinking about before when they could get $10,000 per account. So, so what they're really doing here is they're saying, oh, my God, we've been restricted a little bit in terms of how much we can get for penalties. So why don't we figure out how we can get more penalties under the existing rules? Does that seem right? Maybe. Maybe. They are also reminding examiners that the statute provides if, if the taxpayer can demonstrate he has reasonable cause for not, um, you know, complying with the FBAR rules, then the penalty can be reduced or forgiven, etc. But as you and I know, getting the IRS to accept your reasons for, quotes, reasonable cause, close quotes, is very difficult to do. It's not that easy to do. And I think with the IRS being probably in a bad mood, it's going to be tough to get reasonable cause 
Well, certainly, you know, as awareness of, I mean, you know, one of the things about Bidner is that I would have to think that it increased awareness of FBAR, right, somewhat. So as a perception of increased FBAR awareness uh, increases, you know, it's gonna, I think it's going to be harder and harder to make these reasonable cause arguments. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. Um, now, what else have they, I mean, I, you know, I don't, it's hard to know how this is going to play out, obviously, right? I mean, it doesn't seem there's anything good in this reset. But I don't think I would presume that it's necessarily going to be horrible either. Uh, what do you think? I mean, what it does, it transfers discretion to the examiners more. Wasn't there something in there, though, that before they can issue both a record-keeping violation and a reporting violation, they have to get permission of a supervisor or some such thing? Did I they read need that? to consult with counsel. What's that so supposed that to be? must be the IRS counsel. I'm sure it must mean calling you, Virginia. No, it doesn't mean calling me or calling you, John. Too bad. Too bad. We can open up a side business. FBAR, counsel, consult. You said something with IRS counsel. I guess, you know, I don't know. We're going to have to see how it all plays out. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, there's no way to even know what that means. I think, you know. No. Um, okay. What else? Uh, now, now, I've seen a couple uh, other articles about this that, you know, probably a little bit chicken little, uh, you know, presuming the worst possible scenario. Um, I don't I don't think that this is grounds for panic necessarily. I, I just see it as, well, you know, the great reset. And I think that people better be prepared with their reasonable cause arguments earlier on. Does that make sense? Yes, I, I think so. And I think that the more exposure in the press about FBAR is going to make it harder and harder for people to, to be granted reasonable cause. I mean, the Supreme Court case was big. It was big. It was big. And, and you know, it, it clearly would have increased awareness to some extent. But, you know, I don't, I actually, we've talked about this before. I, I think Bittner, the Bittner case is a win for Bittner, but not a win generally. I actually see it as a seven to two loss, you know, for reasons that we've discussed. Because I think what a majority of the just, justices said was, well, you know, they can do what they want. They just have to be clear about what they want. <laughs> well, I think we're going to be paying close attention to this, John, as it develops and we see what the IRS is actually doing. But there's, I don't think there's any way anyone can really predict right now how it's going to go down. So we just have to be patient, um, wait and see, and, uh, and hopefully people will become a little bit more careful with FBARs and professionals as well. I see, I see a lot of professionals that get around this FBAR thing. They don't file it. And then when it comes the taxpayer comes back and said, oh, you should have filed this for me and you didn't. They're like, no, it's not part of your tax return. This is a separate thing. This isn't part of the Internal Revenue Code. This is part of the Bank Secrecy Act. And so, no, it wasn't my duty. 
So do you, you know, do you do you believe that? Yes, I I've seen it. I've dealt with it. So. No, I mean, do you think that that's a credible a credible claim to make? Look, it's not my problem. It's Title Thirty One, not Title Twenty Six. Listen, um, it depends on what the engagement letter said. So, if the engagement letter said I am responsible to la 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 with the Internal Revenue Code, then they have a leg to stand on to say, look, clear as day, I didn't have a duty to do an F bar for you. Yeah, it's not not associated with your income tax. To me, it's not professional, but what can I tell you? These are people that... I think know. that people need to take responsibility for their own F-bars anyway. <laughs> I, think, I think that's important. I think that, frankly, you know, I think that it should be taught in U.S. schools, F-bar. You know, every... Yes, every year, in the eighth grade, probably. Exactly. F-bar education classes. You know, you can have physical education, maybe a bit of how to open a bank account, and then you know, what if it's a foreign bank account and then introducing Mr. Fbar? Yes, I think it's smart. Only in America. Only in America. It's incredible stuff. Yeah, All so right. John, I'll keep you posted if I hear of any um, real life cases that, you know, my colleagues are involved in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting stuff. All right, well, I began by saying that... Uh, you know, I was certainly alerted to this through your your great blog. And how would other people get access to that great blog, Virginia? Oh, thank you, John. It's always nice to me to hear that that you've been reading and find it useful. So they can find the blog at www.us-tax.org. And a hyphen means a little dash, not an underscore, because I have a lot of people with confusion on that. And you know what? If they can't follow that, they can just Google my name and it is sure to come up. Sure to come. Great and stuff. I, I hope well, that people will be reading. I have a whole category on F bars on under the blog post categories. Well, you know, I, as I've said before, I see you as the great F barologist of our age. Uh I, I mean I don't I don't think there's uh you know, a collection from any one person as much stuff on uh, Mr. F bars as you've got. I mean, we've been talking about F bar, I think, for years. On and yeah, the thing that's amazing yeah. about it is there's always something new. That's the scary part. He never sleeps. I know it's like we gave Mr. F bar was born. We talk about it in his teenage years, young adulthood. You know, we just we just keep going on through this. Yep. All right. Well, this is great, and I thank you for this, and I look forward to the next one. Yeah, thanks, John. I'll keep you posted, and um, we can bring listeners up to date on the latest with FBAR as it, as it develops. Absolutely, yes. Okay, thank you.